Welcome back, Calen listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 44. Cal, we talked about decision-making last time, and I think it ties well into the idea of vision and what people plan for the long-term. So I wanted to ask, what makes long-term vision so important? Why is it something worth talking about? How do you think about that? I think long-term vision could be a double-edged sword in the sense that sometimes we say, I want to be in a place with this kind of wealth, with this kind of target in my business or project in five or X number of years. For most people, I think that they just end up procrastinating because they think, I have time. I'm going to work on it today. Oh, I didn't have time today. I'm going to work on it on the weekend. And they keep pushing it until actually it's a bit too late. And then they keep on doing it over, postponing their target. So for those who don't actually start, Setting a long-term target is very, very important because it gives you the end goal, the end vision. It's where you want to be. This is why you're doing what you're doing. We all have a goal. We'd like to have a certain business or if you're an athlete, you want to win some sort of championship or trophy or go to the Olympics. If you want to be a musician or an artist, I want to sell this many albums. That end goal is what keeps you pushing. And It's arbitrary because it's just something that you want to reach. And then once you actually achieve that, you keep setting yourself another long-term vision. And you're not going to set a goal that you'll achieve in a week, even though that is the case. But that will be step one out of a five-year or 10-year vision or step two or step three, mini targets, if you like. So I think long-term is really the reason that keeps us going, at least for me. I have a goal that I want to achieve in three years, five years, and 10 years from now. And quite frankly, I personally don't think a lot about the 10-year target. Even though I do have it written down and it's set in my head, the ones I really think about is the three and five-year because they're not that far ahead, but make me think I need to do this today so it gets me closer to my goal in three years or five years. Yeah, good points. And Why would you say people procrastinate? What do you think is the number one or two factor that holds people back from hitting their long-term vision? My personal view is people procrastinate because the majority of people are normal. To me, normal is not a good thing. Being average is not a good thing. That's why the majority live paycheck to paycheck. That's why the majority end up working the entire lives to make an average income and live most of their lives paying off debt. And that's not okay. I'm not saying that's everyone, but that's the average person. I can guarantee you every single person on this planet has a goal. Whatever that goal might be, it might be big, it might be small. They have something they want to achieve in life. Even if some people say, well, I'm lazy. I don't think there's any such thing, but let's say maybe not motivated is the word. You can even have a goal. I want to be the best gamer. Gaming is a huge industry right now. It's becoming quite the center of attention. I myself follow a lot of motorsport gaming and they have worldwide championships. Actual manufacturers are participating in these gaming series. So what I'm trying to say is you can have any kind of goal. But the thing is, because the majority is average, meaning the majority of people are not actually doing much about it, or if they actually start to try and do something about it, they give up quickly. 
that's what helps me draw the conclusion that makes me think the majority would procrastinate. Because I did for many years, and I came up with different excuses. You and I worked together as well, and we worked long hours, and there were times that I just go back home, I'm completely tired. I don't have the energy, so I'll just leave that to the weekend. And I ended up never doing much about it. But I've always had it in my head, you know, I wanted to do this, I want to be here, I want to have this much, I want to have my own business. When eventually I started taking action, that's when the momentum started moving with me. And one thing led to the other, and I just wouldn't stop. So that's why I said what I said. Unless you have a different point of view, or what's your take on it? I think it comes down to understanding what's possible. And if you think of the traditional life someone lives in, let's say, North America. So you go to school, get a job, you're always being told on what pace, what type of grades you have, what you're smart enough to do. But it never really helps you decide or discover your own passions. And if you don't have the ability to make your own choices to find what you're passionate about, to find your own meaning, I think long-term vision becomes murky and something you don't really pay attention to. So to me, being able to discover that as you go, I think is very important. And knowing who you are and knowing what you like, what you want to try. And I think the best accidents in life happen once you try something. It's almost like a dopamine hit. So I've been skydiving, loved it. And you don't know what it feels like until you try it. And I would say that's exactly the same for something that you're passionate about. And you might think you are. And then until you actually try it, you don't know. You won't really experience it. The same way we talk about money being fuel, money on its own is resting. It's you who has to put it into action. And that will not happen without passion, without long-term vision. And how do you find that vision? I would say try things and try a lot of things. Keep your mind open that way. So to me, it's very important to have that autonomy of thought and of discovery of learning. To me, those are the building blocks. Those are the things we need to be able to materialize a vision in our heads. And the same way a lot can change in a long scope of time, I would say that a lot can feel like it's the same. And to me, that is the danger, which is not feeling like you're progressing. And I think being able to calibrate your own sense of direction, even when you're lost, is actually more important than the idea of telling someone you have a vision when you don't. So being lost on a ship at sea, is it more important to say where you want to get to or more important to say, well, I know how to move. I know how to steer. I know how to understand the mechanics of where I am and what I need to do. So it's funny you mentioned video games. Let's talk about that. So how can you finish a mission or a quest or a game without knowing the controls? You can't. So I would say as a precursor to the idea of finding your long-term vision, you have to know the controls. You have to know your own bearings. I actually think of procrastination as a totally different concept. So I never think of procrastination as the cliche laziness or distraction. I actually think it's starting a new project or satiating your curiosity. People always talk about, let's say in nutrition, if your body's missing something. And I would say maybe in your fulfillment in life, maybe you're missing something. So 
my example of this, let's say you're in high school working on a project you really don't want to work on, probably because you're being told to do it and you're being imposed a deadline. You're not getting paid for it. So all the things are pointing at you to say, this isn't where I want to be. So to me, someone procrastinating is actually searching for something else, trying to be curious about the world or searching for something different. And if you lose that ability to search for stuff, I think that's where people get stuck in life. Then they feel trapped or like things won't change. And I think that is ultimately part of the difference to develop that long-term vision, which is the people who end up building businesses are often tinkerers, whether it's music or sports or building stuff. I think you have to exercise that muscle. You have to live in that space. And once you know your abilities that you can build things, I think you can say, well, this thing's cool. What if I could build this for my local community? Or what if I can build this app for other people to use? And I think that is a clear starting point that matters. I always say life's a journey. So long-term vision can come 20 years from now. It can come in five. I think it's a bit disingenuous to yourself to say, I want a vision before you really know yourself. What's that saying? People's passions choose them. My interpretation of that is don't just pick them on a page because it's the cool thing to do. You have to fall into them. So the things that draw you, and as I was talking about, when you do something and it really draws you in and you want to do more, learn more and keep soaking it up, that is essentially what I'm trying to capture, which is that feeling that makes you want to keep going and keep learning and it's fun and you lose a sense of time. To me, that is where I would start looking. I would start looking in those places. And no matter how quirky or different the hobby is or how many people use it, this is how modern day businesses are built. This is how modern day content creators do it, how people learn, how people connect with each other. And I think that is a great starting point. So let's say I have a dream of wanting to be a racing driver and It's one thing that I couldn't achieve it because I tried, but let's assume that I never even tried in the first place. Is what you're saying, that's probably not my actual passion. That's not what deep down inside what I'm looking for. Is there something else that I might feel more motivated to work towards? So if I understand the question, you're asking, why are you not racing today? Is that the question? Yeah, well, for me, I actually did give it a try more than a try. But assuming that, yes, for example, in my case now, the obstacle of money and financing of the racing really held me back a lot personally. But let's assume that some people say, I want to be a basketball player. And they didn't do much about it. They play maybe for fun as a hobby, but they weren't serious enough. And then maybe something else is waiting for them. Because my point of view is that's what procrastination would be. Because if you're passionate about playing basketball or racing or whatever the case might be, then you would put in the energy, if you truly want to do that, to try to get there. I think everyone can make some sort of time during the day or the weekend to try and work towards their long-term goal. But I'm talking about procrastination, about those who don't do anything what you were saying, is there something else that they actually might be more passionate about? I would say if you are in control of your life and if you believe that what you do can manifest into something, whether you do it or not, so what you abstain from, what you indulge in, as long as you understand that the results are your own, then it's absolutely not procrastination. You decided that 
working on a school project is more important than basketball because the odds of you becoming a basketball player are slimmer than quote unquote a successful job. And I think people deciding their futures based on assumptions are super dangerous because you don't know what business is going to work or if people are wrong. People 30 years ago were told to go to school by people who 30 years before worked in factories and people who went to school are telling others to start a YouTube channel. So advice is always past looking, not forward looking. And that's why I always want people to follow smart people who are forward looking, not who are giving advice, but who are saying, hey, look what I discovered about the world or look what I'm working on. And people who can see the future and build the future, I think are the people one should follow and one should try and learn from. And advice is almost always useless in the sense that it's often contextual. There could be factors that are maybe not relatable. So someone living in Canada, the advice they give might not be useful if you live across the world and have a totally different circumstance. So what I'm talking about is owning your own life and owning your own choices. And in that, you have the chance to discover your passions. And I believe passions can come and go and there can be more than one. So to answer your passion question, are you not passionate of racing? I know you're passionate about racing. I've heard you talk about it. So there's no way I can disagree there. But if something is true or not, in that sense, is debatable. So will it ever manifest itself if you stop believing it? Probably not. That's what I was talking about, how people will wake up 20, 40 years later and be like, oh no, I really used to like that. And then maybe racing becomes cheap in the future. And then you start reminiscing about why you didn't get involved more in someone's mind saying, maybe I should have done something else. And you're not owning your actions. You're not owning your life's trajectory. So the power comes from saying, given the info I have at the time, this is the best decision for me and I'm willing to learn and grow from it. And the key distinction here is no matter what others think, we go from being a child to adolescent to adult. And then eventually, when are you going to make your own decisions? We didn't wait till you're 50, till you're 80. Some people, I think, stay as adult children that way in terms of not taking responsibility. And I would say take responsibility. So you want to binge watch Netflix? Okay. How does that make you feel after? And understand how you feel about that. And is there something else you wanted to work on? Or did you want to go for a jog? Or what kind of balance do you have? That's totally up to you. And everything's on the table. So the best learners I find question everything and are willing to look at everything and critique themselves in terms of what's important, what's not, and everything is on the drawing board. And I think that is helpful to build the toolkit of discovering passion and things come and go. You can go race and let's talk about something you said. So racing is too expensive and maybe the question is why. So in terms of the building mindset, can you go build a go-kart? Can you make one, 3D print it, open source it? What's the cheapest version of a go-kart you can buy and then what's the cheapest you can make? Can you make it 10x cheaper? Can you use off-the-shelf materials? And I don't know if there's road regulations or what the rules are, but this is exactly how I would pursue that passion. And what happens if you make a go-kart that's street legal, that 100,000 or a million people buy, and all of a sudden you get sponsored by Red Bull and you make 10 million or $100 million and now you can afford racing. So is it really that 
the passion is being left behind that you're not. No, I think being creative about the problem is number one. And number two, take ownership. So decide, okay, it's too expensive. There's nothing wrong with saying that. That happens with everything. That's how I think people develop sensibility in life, which is this would be a little bit absurd to go do all the time. It's not sustainable. And guess what? We talked about sustainability a lot. So sustainability is how you regulate yourself in terms of what you'll spend your time on and your money so you don't end up on the street. But how do you grow from there is another question. That's what I would suggest. I would say if the passion draws you in, then it's worth pursuing and pursue many of them. And you can pause it and come back to it because life is ultimately a journey. I think finding that long-term vision, what keeps drawing you is going to speak at you. It's going to keep coming up over and over to the point where it's beating you over the head saying, why am I not doing this? This is all I think about. I'm obsessed with it. This is what I want to do. I want to build go-karts for people who can't afford them. So I think this is exactly how a long-term vision develops. And that is the thought process I would propose to someone who said, how do you even find one? You just dropped the mic, man. That's awesome stuff. And put me in my place, to be honest, because going back from my point of view, right? So I raced for a few years, nothing crazy competitive, just because I did start at a relatively late age for personal reasons. I couldn't start sooner, unfortunately. But by the time I got to the level where I wanted to get to and move on to the next, that's where I did my entire research, printing papers, calling people. And then I got struck by the figure that would cost me to actually go racing in the series that I wanted to, which was well into the six figures a year just in racing. And that's not accounting for any surprise expenses that might arise. And to me at the time was kind of a slap to the face because I feel I just wasn't entrepreneurial enough at the time. I didn't think too much out of the box. I thought, so at this point, it's sponsorship or this is not happening. And I did reach out to potential sponsors. Just didn't get any replies, not even an opportunity to get things started. And after that, I just let it go, to be honest. I just felt a bit down. Even though I didn't have anyone to share my journey with at the time, I don't necessarily feel that you need someone in your life to motivate you and keep pushing you. It should be self-driven. But I just felt that it was during a downtime in my life that I felt a bit depressed about the matter. I spent a lot of money. And like I said, I was obsessed. I was completely obsessed. First thing I think of waking up in the morning, last thing I think of going to bed, and I would think about it throughout the day. It was euphoric for me. That's why I loved it so much. I eventually let it go. And it was very, very difficult. It took a couple of years for me to be okay with not getting there. I'm not saying it's good because what I'm doing right now, hopefully get to a financial position that would allow me to go racing. But I'll do a lot more casually, not competitively as I wanted to initially. At the time, I didn't have the side that I could start something work within the field, maybe create some sort of product or service, like you mentioned, that would serve people and make it a bit more affordable for those other young kids and young adults who want to get into the racing scene and make it a bit more affordable for them. I didn't have that vision at the time. Something I have to acknowledge and say that I didn't. I just purely was thinking on my end. And 
what I need to get there. And when I realized the money wasn't there, I just didn't. But that's why I loved what you just mentioned. If I were to go back to me years ago when I was pushing this, I would tell that to myself and I would actually work on something to get there. I would try to create a product, a service, something that would help fund me to pursue my racing dream. But uh, hindsight 2020, it didn't happen. Hopefully one of our listeners out there would listen to this and whatever your dream might be, you'd pursue it. You'd try to actually create something, whether to fund yourself or to buy yourself more time or get the tools that you need to do what you love. Yeah, and my answer to someone who says, I wish I could tell myself in the past is maybe that's actually yourself from the future telling yourself now. So the fact that you come to a realization on the spot, a eureka moment saying, well, this is actually useful. This is how I can do it. This is how I could have done it. Why don't you just do it now? And I don't mean that in your specific case. I mean it for anyone out there. This is exactly how you discover things, how you discover your own potential about what's possible and all those sorts of things. And go tell Elon Musk that he can't go to Mars. He's not even listening. And whether he gets there or not, which he's crazy enough to do it, people have been telling him no for years. He took his own money, his own resources. And if you think money is so important, then how come a guy with $50 million who people said you need hundreds of billions, if not tens of billions to do it, somehow found a way? Because there's always another way. Similarly, if you have $1,000 a month you can scrape together or even 100 no one says you need 50 Maybe there's a different way to think about it. And I want people to take this away when they think of their idea of what they want to work on. Forget the dollar figure that people are quoting you. I don't think it's even important. It's how creative you can be. It's how important the goal is. And sometimes you got to rethink the goal. So let's go back to the racing thing. If you're saying, why couldn't I race as much as I wanted to money? I really think the best businesses out there make things accessible. They make things cheaper and more fun for many. I think that's all part of it. Let's try one more thing. So maybe the go-kart's a bad idea because of regulation, but why can't you rent a world-class F1 racetrack like Nürburgring? Maybe not in F1 cars, but what would it cost to rent even get go-karts or whatever is reasonable enough to enjoy the track. Why don't you make your own league that is funded by listeners on YouTube or Twitch who tip to essentially live stream it and use drones to film it? Why not? What would it cost to rent a track? And would that all of a sudden make your dream more accessible? And maybe there's not the rigorous competing factor, but could that not be an opportunity to put yourself on that track? Another brilliant idea, man. And I think what your point is, the options are limitless of what you can come up with. And even though that will be quite difficult to do because renting a world-class circuit to perhaps help promote the event will be very, very expensive. Not impossible at all. But like I said, coming back to being expensive is I can come up with raising funds with maybe other influencers or gamers or drivers and maybe pooling that money and putting into the event and become a promoter of the event and generate income there. So I do have my personal goals 
to try and eventually go back to racing. But for those of you out there, whatever your dream might be, you're spot on, John. This just shows you there's so many options you can come up with nowadays. If you're motivated enough, you can come up with the funds. You can come up with the idea to do something and push you to where you wanted to go. So this is quite an eye-opening episode even for me makes you think. And even though I feel that I'm in time of my life, I'm quite open-minded and way more focused and creative than I ever used to be. It still shows that there's always someone out there with a simple thought and can say something right there that either would click or mention something you never thought of because they have a different perspective of things. And maybe you apply something in your head. And like I said, Musk, for example, his first huge project was PayPal. I think he had something before that. And then he grew and got into Tesla and then SpaceX, his other companies, Neuralink and the Boring Company and all of that. And that all perhaps was for a reason for him to actually get to space and get to Mars. Him and many others are doing something in their lives, ignoring everyone else. I love Warren Buffett's quote saying that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. That's basically what you're saying, John. And Absolutely right. Yeah. And although that long-term vision is personal, don't forget that it takes steps to get there. And I always say I would go mop floors if it took me to where I wanted to be. So being able to know what track you're on and where you're headed, no matter how it looks on the outside, no matter what you're doing, have some humility. Don't take shame in it. Enjoy it and let that fuel you. Let that get you excited. And that excitement is essentially what I'm talking about. Put that in a bottle, get that energy to get you going. And that is what you want to capture and what you want to chase, what you want to keep going to. And whatever that passion is, it could be a mix of things. It could be all sorts of different paths in life. But knowing that they're there and then getting excited about them, I think is super important. I think that is the way to go. And how to even start finding that long-term vision for yourself. So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. That was Methodical Millions, episode 44. If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone.